You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Okay, today uh, we're going to continue just kind of hitting on some passages out of Luke. And today we get to a short one, just like a sentence that caught me off guard when I was reading it. Um, If you don't know the story of Peter, let me tell by telling you the story of Peter. Peter is like the disciple of the disciples, except John thinks otherwise. Uh, John thinks he's the beloved. But uh, Peter, at least, is the one who's always like first to do everything. So... Jesus is walking on water. Well, Peter's the one who jumps out of the boat. He's like, I'll do it with you, you know. Uh, everywhere that Jesus goes, Peter's like full-fledged right next to him. There's only a few people that Jesus takes up on the mountain to see him transfigured into the spiritual being that he actually is. And Peter's one of the ones who gets to see that with his own eyes. And it's such a secret that not all the disciples get to see it. And uh, Jesus tells Peter, you're going to have to keep this to yourself. Don't tell anyone until after I'm gone. So Peter gets secrets that the other disciples miss out on. Peter's the one who, whenever Jesus is talking about dying, Peter's like right there like, oh no, I don't think so. That's not going to happen to you. Far be it from you. You will live forever. You are the king. The king that has come to install the kingdom of heaven here in Jerusalem. You're the guy. And so needless to say, Peter's like the one who's always there. You can imagine his confusion then. When Jesus prophesies over him, a a rather uncomfortable word. They're just about to have the very first communion. They're having Passover supper. And Jesus tells Peter, you will deny me three times. Peter, the one who's always ready to go, the one who's like ready to storm the capital. Have fun storming the castle. I said capital. Wow, that was taking it home uh i meant castle i was trying to quote princess bride not make that okay anyways um (laughs) we all relevant things to our current situations uh storm the have fun storming the castle is what i meant to say and she was like no no you will deny me three times you can imagine peter's confusion like he's the one who would never do that in fact In many ways, that would pretty much bring judgment on his life. That would set him up towards the fires of hell. Jesus himself has talked about this. If you deny me, then you are setting yourself up for judgment. If you come up against persecution and you decide that you're not going to follow me, then you've chosen judgment over me. I am worth everything. You have me or nothing. It's not me or something else. It's me or you've chosen something that leads to nothingness. And so when Peter's hearing this, that he's going to choose to deny Jesus, and Peter's been hearing Jesus preach these kind of themes all over the place, he's got to be like curious, freaking out a little bit. Like, why would I do that? And then we come up to storming the castle, right? They're in the garden, That word is used intentionally. They are facing, Jesus is now facing his own temptation in the garden of Gethsemane. Will he choose another path that is outside of God's will, his own tree of knowledge of good and evil, or will he choose 
the good cup, to follow God. And Jesus chooses to follow God, and that means persecution. And Peter is not okay with the persecution because the king has to go to Jerusalem and reign and bring back the kingdom of God. They has to free them from exile. He has to do all these things. So, no, Jesus, you can't die. You can't take on a cross. I don't know what this gibberish is you're speaking about. And so when the soldiers come out, Peter's ready. On one hand, you hear, Jesus, should we use our sword? And then the next thing you know, Peter's like running in like, ah! you know, like, <laughs> and he slices a guy's ear off. I've said this before. I don't think Peter was a ninja. Have you ever tried to accidentally or intentionally, I mean, have you ever tried to intentionally slice someone's ear off? I don't think it works like that. <laughs> I think Peter was going for the kill. In other words, he's like, you think I'll deny you, do you? Jesus, let's go. You know, like he runs in full force and he misses. And then Jesus is like, what are you doing? No more of this. Put the sword away. He picks up the ear, puts it back on the guy's face. I'm very sorry about this, sir. Oh, sorry, a little bloody there. Uh, and then heals the guy, and Peter is out. Interesting. That sounds like modern Christianity to me. Jesus, we're in so long as we can have our guns. We're in so long as we can fight. And Jesus is like, no, I said you take up a cross, not you throw a cross at another person. Put your crosses on your back and carry it with me. And that's the call to Peter. And Peter is not willing to go the distance if it means he has to be persecuted. He is willing to fight for a cause, but he is not willing to die for one empty-handed. And so he runs away. But he tries to kind of see what's going on with Jesus, and he runs into some people and they're like, hey, aren't you that guy who's been walking around with that guy? He's like, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Time one. Hey, no, 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 no. You sound exactly like you're, you know, like you're from them, like you've been walking with the Jesus guy. I don't know what you're talking about. Third time. No, you are with this Jesus guy. And then he just starts cursing. It's like, if Jesus is this holy man, then I'm going to make myself look as intentionally as I can like I am not connected to a holy man. No, you beep, beep, and beep. You know, like just suddenly trying to like part himself as far from like a holy guy as he can. And then the rooster crows. You will deny me three times before the rooster crows. He hears the rooster. He knows what he's done. He's fallen flat on the teaching of Jesus. He's fallen flat. He's chosen the lesser thing. He's not willing to be persecuted for Jesus. He's not willing to die for Jesus unless he can go in with a weapon. And you can imagine the pain in his heart. He wants to be all about Jesus. He wants to save his Messiah. But he's unaware that the Messiah is about to save him with what's about to happen. That he too can save other souls along the way if he can live like this Messiah has called him to live. And then we know the story of Easter, right? Jesus dies on Good Friday on the cross. He is buried 
but then he comes alive again in a new resurrected body that cannot die. It is immortal. It lives forever. It is both of a spiritual and a physical type of grade. And it's built for the new heaven and the new earth that is coming. And then Jesus walks up to Peter, who does not know, uh, has not seen Jesus to this point, because Jesus was dead. And in their minds, everything that they hoped for, the kingdom of heaven, freedom from exile, all of that died along with Jesus on the cross. Then Jesus shows up. And he forces Peter to, he doesn't just come up and he's like, dude, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I can't believe you turned your back on me. I told you you would do that. And you're like, no. You know, he doesn't go that route. Instead, Jesus comes up. Peter, you denied me once. Tell me you love me. Yes, Jesus, of course I love you. Good. Feed my sheep. Peter, you denied me twice. Tell me you love me. Yes, Jesus. Of course, I love you. Very good. Feed my sheep. Peter, you denied me three times. Now tell me that you love me a third time. And you can imagine Peter breaking down at this point. Yes, of course I love you. I know what I've done. I know that I messed up. I know that I left the faith, essentially. I wasn't willing to go the distance. I wasn't willing to do what you said. I wasn't willing to listen I was willing to do it my way but not yours very good feed my sheep and Peter does not go on to be nothing in the gospel he doesn't go on to be another Judas who leaves the faith instead he goes on to be the rock upon which Jesus built his church on that Peter, even in his own temptations and failures, Jesus comes around and redeems them and uses him for good, pulls him back on his feet. If Peter is the one who uh, was one of the 100 sheep that Jesus was taking care of, in this moment, in the garden, Peter became the one that ran away, the prodigal son. And Jesus left the 99 to go after Peter. Now, Here's the verse in Luke that stuck out to me uh, in a different way as I was reading it. After Jesus told Peter that he was going to deny him, he said, Simon, Simon, which is Peter's actual name. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. When you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus prayed for Peter. And God granted his request. Satan had a plan to just completely rip Peter apart. And Jesus knew about it. Instead, Jesus prayed that his faith would not fail. Jesus looked into the future of possibilities and saw that Peter would come around again, that he would be the rock upon which Jesus would build his church, that he would come back to the faith, that though he would deny Jesus three times, he would also accept Jesus three times and undo 
what he had done. We've all had family or um, friends who have probably left the faith over the years. Maybe, maybe you are the family or the friend that left the faith. When that happens, people start praying. <laughs> They're down on their knees praying. Praying, praying, praying that, that you will come back. That you will know how much God loves you. That you will turn from the, the denial of Peter to the acknowledgement of Peter. With the yes, 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 I love you and I will feed your sheep. And here in this passage, we see that prayer does make a difference. It's funny that uh, I'm preaching on this tonight because I had someone text me just a few hours ago, a friend who, who was talking about a family member who had left the faith. They had gone on to uh, Mormonism and then had pursued stuff that even got them kicked out of Mormonism. And they're just like, what do I do? I, I want them to come back to Jesus. And they spoke right into the topic of, of what I'm preaching on tonight. But yeah, we know those people. But Jesus prayed for Peter, and so Jesus is praying for your brother. Jesus wants your brother to be saved too. He longs that all people would be saved and accept the knowledge of Christ. Think of a story I was watching recently of a guy named, I think it's Steve Bancroft, who um, grew up in a Christian household, but when he got older, he started messing around with New Age stuff, and he learned how to practice something called lucid dreaming, which is more or less the ability to get yourself stuck in a dream and stay there. Uh, and there he would find kind of the connection between the occult and spiritualism with his dreaming. And there he met some kind of demon of sorts that more or less took him over. And he was always taught they can't take you over unless you welcome them in. But he found that by lucid dreaming, he had invited this thing in. And he then had this crazy experience. Now, we would hope that that would wake him up, but instead he came out of that talking about this experience he had had. And many people in the New Age world were like, that's amazing, you got to teach us how to do that. And he goes from growing up in this Christian life to suddenly becoming like a teacher who's traveling around and teaching people about New Age stuff. And this whole time, his parents are praying for him to come back to the faith. They're working on him. They're hoping. They're, they're talking with him, but nothing is getting through. And he's got all these twisted ways that he's been taught to try to fix Jesus right into his little New Age world. Not actual Jesus, but bad theology trying to bring Jesus into it. Until one day, he just wakes up. He looks at the kind of sin he commits, the kind of evil he does, and he realizes it is so dark that no average human being goes this far. And all the people around him who are practicing the same stuff are doing the same kind of dark stuff. And he, he wakes up to that. He's like, wow. How do we get here? And then his mom's praying pays off. He gets saved. He comes back to Jesus. And now he works from the other side of it, trying to teach people to stay away from this stuff and, and help them uh, 
understand, you know, who Jesus actually is. Those prayers paid off. <laughs> and if you're a parent, you probably know what that's like. It's like the, the greatest desire of your heart as a Christian is, well, my kids just know Jesus, please, please, please. And if they don't, you continue to pray, God, let them know you, let them know you. Please make yourself aware to them. It's our greatest hope. Spend eternity with our, our family. And here in passages like this, we see that Jesus foresees someone betraying the faith, someone leaving his side, and prays that Satan will not be able to destroy Peter, and prays that he will come back, and God answers Jesus' prayer. We all have prayers on our hearts. Some of us feel like we've found answer after answer. Some of us feel like Christianity is just one big success story. Other of us feel like there's been silence from God over and over again. We can remember the times where there was lots of answers, but lately it just feels dry. And then others are used to the familiarity of what the Christian life is. It kind of moves in waves sometimes where things are up and things are down. Like the Psalms. Sometimes really good. And sometimes the deepest depths that you can find. The whole gamut of Christian emotion spread throughout music. Wherever your case might be, you have a God who listens. And you as a Christian get to petition the divine throne to walk into the courtrooms of God and say, this has come up on the earth. Uh, my brother, my sister, my parents have left you and it grieves my heart and I know you love them and I was hoping that you could continue to work on them. And that is my prayer in this time. Thank you for listening. <laughs> And God hears that. And God puts things into place to honor our prayers. And they don't always come to be. Sometimes we work real hard and things don't end up the way that we want. And God can't force anyone into his kingdom. I've learned this with the stupid cat I have in my deck, right? I talked about this a few months ago. The story continues, my friends. I have fed this cat every day since it was a kitten. Tiny little kitten. Now it's getting older. It's kind of ugly. So, like, it's not as... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> the cat's getting older. And I come and feed it every day. It waits for me. And if I walk, if I haven't fed it in too long, as soon as I walk into the, the kitchen, it, like, throws its paws up on the window. <laughs> Is anybody in there? It sees me. I'm like, yes, I know. I've come for your food. Here you go. And then I, I feed it. And it doesn't let me pet it. I take good care of it. I make sure it gets everything it needs. Casey, the battery's dead. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot to charge it last night. This is the bonus stuff. You guys get the behind the scenes. People online don't get to hear this until the podcast goes out. And you know they're dying to hear the end of my message. Uh, anyways, what were we talking about? Yeah, my cat, Linda. <laughs> Doesn't want to come inside. I forced it into the kingdom of heaven twice. I threw it through my doors. <laughs> and all it wanted was out. 
And I could tell that, you know, like, I'm never going to be able to do that again. I can't even, like, touch it to get it in, to bring it in. It has to choose on its own to go inside of my house and be safe. I'm going to continue to take care of it. I'm going to continue to give it the invitation. But it has to make its decision itself to go into my house. And then we have to see what kind of cat it's going to be, what kind of Christian it's going to be. Keep following my analogy here. Jesus talks about the seeds, right? You throw out some seeds, they land on the sidewalk. These Christians, like, they, the seed just doesn't catch. It hits the ground. You planted the seed, but it just doesn't catch. The next kind of seed, you throw it out, and it lands on some not great ground. It starts to sprout, but then Satan, birds come and start eating it up. Then there's another kind of seed, and it grows, but the roots don't go down that far. And when the sun comes up, it scorches it, and it dies, and that's persecution. And then... There's a fourth kind of seed in Jesus' parable that grows up, roots go well, and it multiplies a hundredfold. And that's what Christianity is. That's, that's what we're called to, to the full seed of multiplication. What seed is that cat going to be? By the time it finally comes in the house, is it going to want to run out immediately? When persecution comes and it has to be fixed, <laughs> will it still want to live in my house? <laughs> Welcome to the neighborhood. I'm going to hurt you. You know, like, what's the case? Or will it be a good house cat and grow up and produce much fruit? My analogy is starting to fail here. But you get the point. We are called to Jesus. We are called to fruitfulness. And if you have someone who's on your heart because they've left the faith, Jesus loves them. The angels rejoice when someone finally comes home after having left. So be praying for them, just like Jesus prayed for Peter. Be praying for the fullness of fruit. Be praying for softened hearts, that they would come to know God, because that is God's desire. So let me pray for you, and we'll let you go. God, we thank you that your heart is for us and not against us, that you love us, that you care for us. We thank you that the gates of heaven are always open. That you allow us to come inside when we're ready to choose it. We thank you for our brothers and sisters who are already there with us in spirit in heaven. Uh, but we grieve those who have left. Those who have made decisions that as their seed began to grow, it just fizzled out. Some of them were really far along, too. Some of them were definitely producing fruit, and then just out of nowhere stopped. Whoever that person is on your heart right now, I pray that, uh, um, I just ask that you would lift that name up in your heart. Turn it over to God. This person left the faith, and I long for them to come back. God, would you hear my prayer? And I've got two on my mind right now. God, as we lift these people up to you, we ask that we are planting seeds. We ask that fruit would be grown in our lives and in theirs, that they would come back to the faith. Hear our prayer and use us to bring heaven to their lives to this corner of Jackson. Just then. Amen.